Uh, hi, everybody. Pete Woods here, uh, Boulder Climbing. We are uh, continuing our interview series of members of the climbing community in Canada. Uh, we're reaching out, we're talking to people, getting to know them a little bit better. We're having some conversations about climbing. We're trying to get a little bit deeper and know some of the people that are in our immediate community in the gym and also in our expanded community uh, across the province, across the country, and in some cases uh, around the world. So today I'm hanging out with Luigi Montilla. I mean, Luigi uh, Shaper, hold company owner, gym owner, gym manager, comp organizer. Uh, it might be easier to leave out, um, you know, give the list of things that you haven't done in the Canadian climbing community. Um, how are you doing today? Not too bad. How's it going, Pete? Pretty good, pretty good. It's, uh, it's a beautiful sunny day in Calgary, so I don't have too much to complain about. Um, you are currently sitting in uh, up the block, Mississauga. Um, basically, you know, since the gym shut down, I've uh, just been coming in, doing a few things here and there, closing the gym up. And uh, as of a few days ago, I've started using it as a, my own personal shaping room. And uh, yeah, just trying to keep busy, um, keep my mind off of uh, kind of the situation we're in right now and uh, trying to create stuff. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's a good place to start. Like, is that your introduction to the climbing world was, what was the first thing? Was it the holds, the gym? What was the first piece of the puzzle for you? So I guess for me, my story kind of began with my brother um, kind of uh, taking me out to uh, go climbing for the first time. Um, and, uh, you know, at first I kind of just couldn't understand it. I couldn't wrap my head around why would you climb up something and basically just to come down. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, finally tried it out. And as soon as I touched, uh, I guess, plastic, I was like, oh my God, yeah, this is it. You know, um, soon after that, I basically was at the gym every day and, uh, they were, had just posted a job opportunity. I applied for it, got the job and, you know, kind of everything kind of started from there. Um, started working at Rockheads. Um, this was back in 97, 98. Um, and, uh, you know, through working at the gym, kind of doing every little kind of job um, from working the desk, doing kids climbs, birthday parties, lessons, got into root setting, uh, which essentially led into kind of my first um, uh, foray into kind of business within the climbing industry. Um, I started off with producing chalk, uh, chalk balls, um, kind of, you know, uh, buying chalk, stuffing them into chalk uh, socks uh, and kind of selling them at the gym and uh, which then led into the climbing holds, uh, friction um, and, uh, you know, did that um, sponsoring comps, um, which then led to the tour to walk. Um, and, you know, basically on top of just sponsoring comps, trying to think of something that would kind of help grow the community and kind of help give back. Um, so, you know, that started. Um, and uh, I think the 10th year of Turtle Block, you know, I was thinking of like, how should we celebrate this kind of big achievement? And, you know, the next big thing was, hey, let's organize a, a World Cup. So, you know, that it seems that like led such to a good idea at the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, three World Cups, which was, you know, great. Um, and uh, after the third one, I was like, you know what, every year, it seems like we're, we're trying to build the climbing gym, which, you know, we have up for 
basically two weeks. We use it for two days for the comp and then we take it down and kind of do it all over again. So, you know, that kind of was like the, um, kind of the impetus of like, just like, Hey, let's do something that's permanent that will stick around for more than, you know, a week. And, uh, and that's how up the block got born, I guess. So it's, in a nutshell, that's like my, my journey through, uh, climbing. Yeah. It, I mean, and it's a big nutshell and it's, it's a long arc. And I think I would not hesitate to say that you are one of the godfathers of competition climbing in our country because of the effort that you put in in order to, to do it. And there's so many gyms that don't. And then there's this handful of people that just said, and this is so important that we're going to keep doing it. And you're one of those people. Like I know you had a hand in, um, the first sort of the reboot of the national championships for bouldering. You know, um, I think that's probably the first time we met was in Toronto at Joe's at, at what a lot of people call sort of the modern era first nationals for bouldering. Yeah. No, those were definitely kind of exciting times, especially for me, kind of new to the sport um, and being introduced to climbing through like top roping and, and bouldering was just, you know, this thing he kind of did on the side, it was in the corner um, and on, you know, very short walls. And uh, I think when, you know, kudos to Bob, like definitely, like in terms of like OG people, like definitely Bob Bergman um, and his brother and, and Sharon um, are the ones that, um, you know, planted the seed, at least in my head of what was possible. Um, and, uh, yeah, being exposed to that, you know, um, Timmy Fairfield coming in and, you know, a uh, few top climbers from the U S and then you guys flying in from like Alberta, from BC and just being able to see that, that next level of, of, you know, um, of comp climber was, was definitely eye opening and, you know, and those early, early years, it was just mind blowing. Yeah, for sure. super I think for a lot of people, it just got them sight, you know, it was like, this was pre kind of kind of internet stuff. Right. So it was everything, the information we got was like from climbing magazines for the most part. And, uh, you would have to wait for that information to come through. Um, and, uh, you know, you only got to see like these people, you read, read them in articles or you see photos of them and to be able to see them in the flesh, you know, was just, I, I think like a, a, a tremendous thing to, to be able to have especially as a young climber um speaking of which it's like yeah now it's i'm i think i celebrated over 20 years of being in the industry and i was once one of the younger people now i'm one of the kind of quote-unquote older statesmen and uh yeah it's just like a, a weird feeling to be able to last this long and, and still be involved and still be relevant or i hope i'm still relevant uh, <laughs> It's great to see how things have progressed, yet we've, we've kept a good part of like the, the community aspect of, of, you know, of the, um, of the industry, I guess. Yeah. And I would say that absolutely is still relevant because you are still like, it's not that you are trying to hold a comp every year that you held in, in 2000. You're trying, you know, every year you're doing something different and you're evolving and you're, you know, one of the, the reasons I think that you had that longevity or that you have that longevity is that you're, you've just adapted the whole way along. You've, 
you know, you take in the things that people throw you and say, yeah, okay, let's do that. Or, okay, this is what people are doing for holds now. Let's shape holds like that. Let's build a gym in a modern style. Let's keep doing that. Let's evolve. Let's host a national championship. Um, it's just all of those things. And there's so many pieces. And I think there's so many people that are involved in one aspect, like almost everybody in the climbing industry is a climber, but then they do one thing either they're making clothes or they're making chalk or they're making holds or, you know, they're a gym owner and they're sort of, that's the separation. And I think you are one of the few people that's had so broad of an experience that it, it allows you to recognize what other people are talking about. Like if you're just a comp organizer, you've never owned a gym, it might be difficult to understand the stresses of being a gym owner and deciding to host your first comp or deciding to host a major comp and look at the undertaking that that involves. But having been all of the players and sometimes for yourself, like you hosted major comps at your gym, like you've you know, thrown yourself under the bus and said, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to do it at my gym. Um, I, I think that perspective is really important. And if you had to sort of distill out the, the pieces of the puzzle that are maybe either that kept you going or that are the most fun for you. Like what's your settle back and think back or look forward or do something that gets you re-energized about staying involved for this long? Um, short memory, being stubborn for sure. Uh, but I think seriously, like the, the being able to create something out of nothing um, has always been um, something that's pushed me, um, you know, not knowing, getting, like starting your own business, for example, without having a business degree or any background in business at all, you know, I think for some reason has helped me kind of push forward because there's nothing that seems insurmountable. Um, so you, you kind of try things, if it doesn't work, don't repeat it, try something else. Um, and, you know, at some point you'll be able to get a feel for what potentially works. Um, and, you know, I guess the other thing that maybe um, that people don't realize is that, you know, even though I kind of do things on my own, like I started the hold company on my own, the, the tour de block or whatever, but there's a network of people that, you know, um, that have helped me um, kind of throughout the whole process. Um, whether that's like, you know, like I said, Bob and Sharon gave me a really good start and they've supported everything that I've done, um, kind of anything climbing related, whether it's like buying my, you know, my first round of chalk balls. When I was selling clothing, they would definitely support that. Um, hosting comps, um, the, the World Cup, they were a huge part of that. Same thing for, you know, the, the De La Plante family that, you know, that um, same thing, you know, I met Jean-Marc when he was like 17, I think, uh, on my, one of my first trips in Montreal selling holds. Um, and then, yeah, we've been kind of uh, friends ever since. Um, but yeah, just a, just a network of people. Um, Walson, kind of same thing, you know. Um, so it's, it's, you know, that part of the journey, I think, connecting with people and still having those relationships now um, kind of help fuel um, kind of me wanting to continue doing more things. You know, look at Andrew Wilson. He's been kind of on and off with the um, kind of the national team, the national team program, and now he's back and, uh, you know, doing good things again. And uh, it's great to be able to see that, that there is a place for um, people that have been putting in a lot of work and there's definitely a place for people with, with new energy, new ideas. 
And um, yeah, that's one thing that I'm trying to do now is try and collaborate with as many people as possible. Um, you know, because like I said, I am now kind of getting to two decades in the sport. Um, and uh, yeah, just want to make sure that you're still in touch with the people that are kind of new, have all the, the energy and kind of new ideas. So yeah, I think that's, that's still it. It's like collaborating with people um, and just trying to not do the same thing twice, I guess, you know, like you mentioned, it's like, we're not trying to organize the same comp every year. We try to bring something new to it if possible. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the driving force, I guess. I mean, I think, and that's awesome. It's like, and it speaks to the fact that there's not one, there's no magic bullet. There's no simple answer um, other than having a short memory <laughs> being like, Hey, you want to do like someone pokes you a couple months. Like I remember after uh, I mean, the world cups in Hamilton were amazing. So, I mean, I was sick to be part of those and just to be able to, to, to move between the scenes and be behind the scenes and, and you see what goes on more than somebody that watched the video or somebody that was in the crowd or people that are connected to it. And you see the work. And when you like, there's always that moment, if you've never been, if you're, if you're watching this and you've, you've been interested in comps or you've gone to comps or even if you've sort of, you know, competed in comps, but you've never pulled back the curtain into the room where the organizers and the volunteers and stuff are hanging out. And you think a comp is chaotic. Like the things that people, I mean, I think I remember you driving out from the gym in Hamilton to buy things for the, for the live stream. Oh, I'll just go buy that. Oh, we don't have enough ladders. I'll go buy that right now on the spot. You go do this. You go do that. And the chaos of all that, there is no easy answer. And I think on the Monday, I was like, so, and you were like, I'm never doing that again. And then a month later, you're like, <laughs> yeah, let's have another, let's do the World Cup a second time and then a third time. And I think they were hugely successful. I've talked to a couple of the, the people that, are involved regularly. I mean, I think when we, you guys hold nationals two years ago, I was chatting with Udo, um, who's a German coach and hugely involved in that community. Um, people still talk about the first Hamilton World Cup. They still talk about it. They talk about the one in Canmore as well because it snowed and it was, people thought it was, we thought it was going to be a disaster and people loved it. So it's about putting that sort of that effort and the heart and the blood and the sweat into it and what you get from your perspective might you see all the imperfections, but the rest of us just see this hugely successful event that we are really lucky to benefit from because there's people like yourself. There's people like young, there's people like Walson, there's people like Bob, all of these gym owners and people that are invested. And I think it's fantastic. And the world cups were amazing. And, and I think if somebody poked you now and said, Hey, we, you know, do you want to host a world cup? I suspect your answer would be yes. <laughs> Definitely, I think there's there's someone out there for sure that um, you know that could do it uh, and maybe should do it. Um, you know, like uh, Fred and Chloe from from Block Shop. Obviously, they have the the Block Shop open. Um, if they really wanted to, I'm sure they could they could do an amazing job at it. Um, but you know, again, they have their own kind of brand going on, and uh, I think that is like. Uh, you know, uh, another thing that keeps this whole kind of wheel turning. Um, it's a great kind of compliment to, uh, I guess, the World Cups. Um, but, you know, for sure, people have talked about it. You know, they're 
right now, there's in Canada, there's only been Young, um, myself, and I guess Commanda that have um, um, actually gone through with the plan of, of doing a World Cup. So it, it's a huge undertaking, but there's definitely someone out there that that could definitely do it. And uh, it would be great to see kind of who steps up to, to take on that kind of uh, the torch uh, in terms of organizing uh, World Cups, because it is, you know, once you're in it, it's, 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 um, it's a great feeling to be a part of and to be able to do for the community. Um, but at the same time, it, it is kind of a lonely place because you are kind of left holding the bag. Um, you know, once the dust settles and uh, the comp's over, everyone flies out, uh, flies back home. And, you know, there have been a few times where I've been kind of alone, kind of taking everything down um, and uh, putting things into storage. And then, you know, um, kind of thinking about, okay, next year, this is what we're going to do differently. And you kind of saw that in, in Hamilton as like, you know, the following year, we kind of upgraded like the stands, created that big form. And uh, yeah, and, 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 and that's the key is trying to kind of learn from your mistakes and, and ensuring that if you do do it again, that it is like a better um, kind of product for, 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 for people. Um, so um, yeah, but it just got to a point where it was definitely like this, this, I don't want to say a, a, a money pit, but it was definitely getting to a point where it needed for it to kind of grow um, and be um, put in front like of a, a bigger audience. It needed a, a huge influx of, of kind of resources that we weren't um, able to kind of get. So, so yeah, but yeah, for sure, someone. I'm challenging the next kind of uh, uh, comp organizer there to try and kind of look into it. And, 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 yeah, uh, I like that, and yeah, I like to jump in there. Yeah, and I, I think that your approach of, you know, learn something, do it better, learn something, do it better. I mean, you said you've carried it from basically uh, almost the very beginning. Um, and imagine you, like any of us that are in that era, when we, when we first had this influx of climbing gyms, the holds were not good. There was a couple of people making holds, and then it, <laughs> it took people like you and, and other people that started hold shaping companies to go, Wow, man, I could do I could do better than that. So there's something in like there's definitely recognize something that you've you've got this drive to improve things. And does that you know is that where it comes from first, or is it the, the sort of the love of the sport and the love of what you're doing, and then fuels the how can we do it better? Or is there a part of your personality that's like, and I like to make things better, and I you know your brain works that way. I uh, yeah, I think it's partly that you're kind of wired. A certain way um, you kind of just you know you see things you get inspired by things and um, you know you, you might like obviously I wasn't the first person to ever open up a climbing gym right and uh, but obviously it's something I'm passionate about and, and wanted to do and uh, if I had the opportunity to do it I would do it this way like seeing how all the other gyms were built you know, getting ideas, um, having your own ideas, and you're just like, okay, like if I do it, this is this is what I'm gonna do, and, and potentially up the block, you know, is is that um, is that attempt at it? Uh, you know, if I were able to build it again, um, kind of this year, I would probably change a few things, knowing how things, you know, uh, how people use the space. Um, so yeah, it's it's obviously it's always a learning process, but you you know, there are a lot of people there that that just plan and are on this kind of 
just cycle of planning, planning, revising things and never get to do anything. Um, you have to kind of at some point um, kind of actually do it. And that's the only way kind of, I think, learn from the whole process, like actually doing it. And uh, if you make a mistake, that's fine. As long as you learn from it um, and kind of do better the next time around, then yeah, it was definitely worth it. So, you know, I, I definitely like the create creating part and, and definitely, um, you know, just want to make sure that you're, you're doing the best that you can at all times. And I've, I've got that. Like every time you and I have had a conversation or anytime we sat and, and talked about climbing or anything at all, I, I've always got that impression from you that you, that's always been the way that you've approached things. And I, you know, I, I was going to ask you, what would you tell 20 year old you you know, for the first time when you were, when you embarked on this, maybe I could be involved in the community instead of just being a participant. It, but it seems like it was part of your personality the whole time. But is there anything that you would tell you back then um, that would that you think would have changed anything about the arc of your career, your involvement in the climate community? Ah, very interesting question. I. I, I don't know. I tell people now that the best thing to do is to try to get involved. You know, if, if you are passionate about something, you know, try to poke your nose in there. Uh, if you want to be a root setter, hang around root setters, you know, um, try to climb with them, ask them questions. You know, they might think you're annoying, but at some point they'll kind of realize like, hey, this person's actually taking an interest in this. Maybe it's worth, you know, a bit of time to, to kind of walk them through the process or just answer their questions or, you know, or just be a friendly, uh, friendly face to them. And that little bit of encouragement, I think, goes a long way. So, you know, I would be as inquisitive as possible. Um, do research for sure. Don't go in there kind of just blindly, like have a bit of information in your back pocket about the person that you're talking to, about the you know, um, the topic that you, or, or the industry that you're super interested in. Um, yeah, just kind of try to learn something before, um, I guess asking questions. Uh, but I think for the most part, you know, having, I was lucky that I was, that I had kind of people to look up to and, uh, those people took the time to kind of, um, kind of humor me or guide me through kind of the, the whole process and, 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 and uh, be a support system. Um, and I think that's, you know, uh, a great thing to have. And, you know, for us people that have been around for, for a while, I think it's, it's, it's our duty to basically be, be that person now. Um, you know, uh, I don't mind if someone takes over the, the reins of um, organizing comps, you know, um, or, or the new, like, you know, hold shaper or the, the best root set. That, that's part of the whole cycle is that, you know, you do your part. We're, we're basically custodians of, of the sport that we love. You know, we're here for a specific amount of time. We, we push it, uh, we make it better so that the next generation of, of climbers, um, gym owners, um, you know, have the opportunity to work on kind of the legacy that you've left and uh and build on it and and you know 
you know, Rockheads, for instance, for me, um, that's where I got my start. And, you know, 20 years later, um, I'm now one of the owners. And the legacy that Bob and Sharon left, obviously, I appreciate a lot. Um, but we kind of built on that. And we've kind of made it our own, especially after the reno. Um, but, you know, there's, there's a history there that um, is kind of priceless. And uh, obviously, we, you know, it's a, I was a part of that history as well. So I have a, a pretty deep connection to it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, that's the history. I want to make my own history. Therefore, you should always kind of look forward and not necessarily look back all the time. But, you know. I think my job now as like an owner and like a general manager, I guess, is to make sure that the people that we have kind of working with us have the same opportunities that I was given. It'd be cool if one of our staff, you know, at some point, um, maybe, you know, goes out on their own and, and, and starts their own climbing gym or starts their own business, hopefully not beside us, but, uh, you know, uh, but uh, we'll be there to kind of help support them for sure. You know, and uh, it's like kind of a pay it forward kind of thing. I'm, I mean, I love that, dude. I love most of what you said there. I, the fact that you that you singled out the fact that um, we are custodians of the of the sport. We don't uh, we don't get to keep a piece of it and and pretend that we had an era that was all something that we knew more, we did better. We are, the, you know, this generation is we are bringing it along, and that you need to look back and learn, you need to look forward. Um, and then, as you said, you know, if you're encouraging people to learn for, to learn and look forward and ask questions, then there's a group of people that their responsibility is to put that time aside and be supportive and not be protective or be competitive. Um, and we should want to see that, as you say, that next great root setter maybe is one, you know, one cold shoulder away from being like, nah, maybe it's not being worth being a root setter, or maybe they're one, coffee conversation away from making the decision and who knows what you're going to get next. And I, and I think that's really, I mean, it's just from someone that's been around in the sport for so long, I think that's just wisdom. That's just, man, you, you've seen the things like we've seen the things we know the things. And it, I, I think it's amazing that what you've done continually is learn from the things. And I mean, you are, I mean, I know you're a pretty humble dude too, but you are like the, basically the grandfather of, you know, our era of competition <laughs> climbing. Tour de Blanc, dude, like the Tour de Blanc for so many people for so long, the coast to coast national climbing series that people got psyched about for such a long time. And, and it's amazing that, I mean, you get to say, yeah, man, that was, you built that. And I think that's amazing. And, and, and we could, and I'm trying to, it's so funny. I'm trying to keep most of the interviews into this sort of like, consumable puzzle like this sort of 20 25 minute piece but i think we could probably talk for an hour about the arc of the tour de block and what it brought to people and what it brought to gyms and what it made people do and like future you know podium national and international podium level climbers came out of being like hey the tour de block came to my town and I, I i competed because it was accessible and i wanted to be part of it and i think that legacy that you have is I mean, it's just wonderful, and I think I think it's amazing. And most people who don't know should know that if you were part of the Tour de Block, guys, it's this guy right here that put that effort in for so many years to make that a part of what you want to do. And um, it almost feels like you get like now you're 
as a like a general manager and a gym owner this is like you're you're getting into your like lazy boy days where you're like i can sit back a little bit i have people to do the work so now you get to take that knowledge and pass it down into that generation and you get to help those people be like okay you want to know what i know here's how you put on a successful event you know here's how you do any number of things that are involved in a climbing gym yeah no and, and and p like i really appreciate that you know like i said it's uh a lot of the times i especially with comps i'm always in in kind of the background you know trying to make sure that things are going uh, a certain way and uh, i you know i think throughout my my whole kind of career i've never really sought out the, the, the limelight um and uh and i definitely appreciate it when people kind of reach out and, and and take the time to to say thank you um, like that to me is, is, uh, you know, means a lot for sure. And, and that's part of the reason why I, I continue to do it and continue to think about like, Oh, okay. You know, um, I just had a, a, a short, um, conversation with Jay Hollowatch, um, the other day and, uh, about, you know, Renault's and what's happening with his gym right now. And, and, you know, kind of poked him, like kind of just said like, Hey, I know it's not the right time to ask, but you know, once we, you know, are on the other side of this, you know, let's, let's maybe let's do another tour block at your facility. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, kind of the same thing. It's like, yeah, for sure. You know, and that's great to hear. And it's, um, it's great to be able to just call on like friends, gym owners to, to kind of, uh, you know, see how they're doing and, and, and connect again. And, um, uh, we all kind of look out for each other. Um, and, and that's the one thing I think we, I want to instill to kind of the new, uh, people that join the community is that this is a community and it's very important that, um, you know, we treat each other with, with kind of respect, um, because at some point, you know, you'll ra uh, run, um, you'll see this person at the crag at the gym, um, you know, and, uh, a little bit of kindness, I think, especially in these times goes a long way. I, I love being kind of a part of, of this whole thing. And, 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 uh, you know, at the end of this whole kind of, uh, time that we're in right now, I'm kind of looking forward to restarting things again and, uh, and, uh, kind of keep on keeping on. For sure, dude. And you, like, we owe you, uh, like a debt of gratitude for the amount of effort you put in. I know you pour your heart and soul into it. And I think that's evident, you know, just in our conversation here from people who are, who are watching and saying, this is somebody who is super passionate about climbing and someone who understands that it is about community and it is about supporting and picking each other up and building each other up and helping everywhere we can. And um, it's, a, it's a really, really, really critical piece of what we're doing. And as you say, especially now, it's going to be a little bit hard for some people when we come on the other side and say, okay, what can we do? Who's available? Who's got that? Whatever support that looks like. So um, I'm just going to say like from the, the Canadian climbing community, uh, I'm going to say thank you for all of your like just endless, tireless effort in, uh, in putting comps together and then just like threading this community together through all the things you do. And before we go, I'm going to ask you 10 questions um there's actually 11 but it's just there are 10 questions and they are uh generally non-climbing related so they're not hard and we're just gonna we're just gonna get a little bit of, a little bit more knowledge about luigi all right you ready okay what sport are you the best at besides climbing 
I used to play a lot of soccer, so I would say soccer. Okay. If you had to choose, would you want to be in the desert or in the mountains? Uh, the mountains. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite thing that you cook for yourself? <laughs> I'd say spaghetti with meatballs. Okay. Love spaghetti. Okay. Uh, what is an odd fact about you that we might not know? I'm 60 years old. <laughs> Ageless. Exactly. Ageless. Where do you want to go that you have never been? I would love to go to, I know that's a tough question. Um, I love the beach. I would probably go to Tahiti. Nice, nice. Um, if you were tied to it for, you know, you had to pick one, rain or snow? Snow, snow for sure. Okay. Um, what's something that you're super psyched on right now? Right now, uh, hold shaking. That's, nice. I, I basically like just throw myself at it and I'd say it's like super therapeutic right now and, uh, and love creating stuff. Awesome. Um, what is your go-to boredom breaker? Uh, in between shaping. So what I do now basically is every time I shape one hold, I run to the other side of the gym where we have a workout area, bust out a few pull-ups, push-ups, squats, um, and run back. Dude, so you're going to be ripped. Fitness, yeah. You're going to be ripped or you're going to start shaping less holds, one or the other? <laughs> um, would you rather be the passenger or would you rather be the driver? Definitely the driver. Yeah. Um, what's a movie that makes you cry every time? A oh, movie. There's a commercial that always gets me on. I'll take it. And say that it's the Bell commercial. Yeah. Uh, uh, grandson calls the grandfather, says thank you, you know, um, and that always gets me. I always make a point to watch it if I need to cry. There you go. Uh, what profession other than your own would you love to try? Um, being a carpenter, furniture maker, something like that. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for watching. Uh, Luigi, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. I mean, I know that we're different busy, but I appreciate your time and man, an absolute pillar of the Canadian climbing community. Ladies and gentlemen, Luigi Montilla. Thanks a lot, dude. Um, Enjoy your rest of your weekend, and we'll chat soon enough, I'm sure. Appreciate it. All right. Take it easy, brother. All right. Take it easy, Pete. Thanks. Thanks. Bye.